Breakfast Business with Enterprise Ireland on News. So insurance companies are up there or sometimes down there with politicians, bankers and estate agents in the popularity stakes. Yet they do a vital job in protecting us when things go wrong. They also manage our money in retirement and sometimes they even invest in companies that others might not be able to support. Let's speak to Declan O'Rourke, who's the boss of one of the biggest insurers in Ireland, Aviva, as part of our summer series of interviews of senior business leaders on News Talk. Hello, Declan. Hello, Joe. Can I ask, let's start, do insurance companies get undeserved opprobrium from the public? Yes, I, I think they do. I think um, insurance companies are misunderstood and sometimes we're not very good at explaining the importance of insurance companies to the economy and to people when something terrible happens. Uh, you know, that's not just if there's a health issue or an illness or an accident or even a, a natural catastrophe or something like that. But I think, you know, when you look at the other things insurance companies do in terms of uh, safety, workplace safety and sending surveyors out to make sure that, that uh, uh, workplaces are safe. When you look at things like how we risk rate people to encourage people not to have penalty points by giving cheaper premiums or to uh, maybe take a cheaper policy using telematics to make sure they drive safely. Um, and I think insurance companies, by the way we risk rate things, encourage good behaviour um, by both people and businesses. I'll pick up on some of that. I mean, there's a fair amount to unpack there. Myself and Gav will have our own separate thoughts on that. Uh, you talk about telematics and you talk about kind of risk rating and all that kind of stuff. There'll be a fair amount of people out there who will say, yeah, the wealthy people pay less premiums for whatever reason. So the, the risk bit of it is a little bit skewed in favour of those who already have the money and, and against those who might not have the money. Uh, you know, I'm not sure I'm not sure about that. I think, I think people who have... Uh, valuable assets pay more uh, to insure those assets. People who have bigger cars pay more. People who drive erratically or drive poorly and have a poor record uh, on their claims will will be charged more as well. So I, I don't think it's it's anything to do with where you're from. It's more to do with with your behaviours and and uh, and the value of your assets. In terms of you guys doing something for the economy and all the stuff that you've just referred to there. Um, maybe you should kind of shout a bit louder. Maybe you're a little bit too shy about saying what you guys do. Maybe guys like Declan O'Rourke need to be on our television screens and our radios a little bit more often. Yeah, I think, look, I think I think we try our best to get our message out. In particular, you know, there's quite a lot of societal, big societal issues that I think insurance has a solution for or has can help with the solution. Um, when you look at things like um, uh, people aging and how they're going to fund that, when you look at things like cyber and the threat of cyber attacks and there's insurance products there that help protect and, 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 and pay ransoms and do different things there. When you look at um, even big things like climate and, and the things the insurance industry is doing to address the climate crisis, and that's not just our own offices, but you know, in terms of what we will insure um, what we'll do with people's money that they're investing and the options we give them and, and all of those things from from the point of view of, of major societal issues insurance is really helping with. One of the big issues we know in insurance at the moment is the personal injury guidelines and we know that the cost of claims has gone down, the payouts have gone down. Have your premiums gone down in response and if so, by how much? And, and maybe you can talk us through some of the various different areas of, of, of your business. 
Yeah, look, I think personal injury reform is the biggest issue for the insurance industry for, for many years. And, and if you go back, say, as far as even 2010, when Quinn went bust, prices were too low. Um, uh, you know, following then Satanta, RSA had to uh, had a huge, you know, over 200 million loss. FBD needed support. So our insurance sector was in a really poor way by, by around 2016. And at that stage, rates started going up dramatically and it became a political issue, uh, the, the cost of insurance, in particular car insurance. Um, and, and really then, I think there was a success of ministers uh, who started to look at this, starting with Murphy and, and Darcy and, and now Fleming. Uh, there was a huge amount of, uh, of work done, uh, in particular around the Cost Insurance Working Group, which was 2016. They reported, they reported in 2017 with a, with a lot of recommendations. Yeah. The Persons Injury Commission was set up. Uh, there was the report that basically said that our, our claims for minor injuries were 4.4 times what they are in the UK and even greater uh, difference with Europe. Uh, and That's the problem. is that We appear, Gav, and we appear to have a massive compensation culture here, the compo culture. What is it about Ireland that makes it second only to the United States in terms of submitting a claim? Yeah, look, a, a lot of work, is, th- that is true. We have, we, even after the new guidelines, and, and, and the judges have come together, have voted in new guidelines which are 40% lower for minor injuries. And, and, and I think that, you know, that's happened. Uh, um, uh, but, but I think there's always been a culture here. That there's always been a Why? culture. What, what is it about, you know, is it ambulance chasers kind of nudging people? Or do you think there's something in the psychology that people said, ah, I've slipped, I'm going to claim? Yeah, I think, look, if you look, if you take whiplash, you know, the, that report showed that that 80% of the cases, the personal injury cases in the courts in Ireland are whiplash, whereas in France it's just 3%. So why are our necks, uh, uh, you Are know, you being valuable? diplomatic? You're basically saying there is something wrong in Irish psychology that means that they feel the urge to submit a claim. Well, you've got to follow the money and if you're getting two grand in France for whiplash and you're getting 17 grand in, in, in Ireland for whiplash, you know... It, it, but it must be the lawyers though, Declan. It must be the lawyers saying, actually, I can get you 20 grand. Just sign up here and you'll get whatever your money is. Yeah, but again, the, the whole system, it's, you know, when when the, the awards are that high, it's going to encourage, you know, lawyers are going to, it's, it's going to encourage lawyers to advise their clients that they can get 17 yeah. grand. But it's changed now and we know the payouts have come down. So, so what have you done to your premiums in, in response to that? Okay. So if, if, you look at, if you look at where it's changed, first of all, it's changed, it's changed for general damages for minor injuries. So if you take your €100 Euros premium that you pay or whatever and you break that down into its constituent parts uh, and you take out your damage to your car, which hasn't changed, has actually gone up. You take out your legal fees, which haven't gone down, which have actually gone up. You take out your major cl- claims, which haven't changed at all. Your your you know serious injury claims. Y- your minor injuries are probably just less than twenty percent of your overall um, uh, premium. So if you take those minor injuries and you say they've gone down by forty percent, you know you're talking about uh, roughly ten percent or less than ten percent in 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 that hundred euros premium. And and our rates have gone down by ten percent this year, as as has the market. And is that roughly the same across all all uh, areas that that personal injuries will be involved in? It's it's certainly the case in car. It's not not as not as obvious yet in 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 liability insurance because a, a, you know liability insurance hasn't made money here for over a decade. It's a really tough class. When you say uh, so when when is it going to come through in that? Yeah. 
uh, it'll it'll come to that in time again. I, I think I think we need to step back a little bit as well and look at what's really happening on the ground, even with the changes that have been made. So if you take the forty percent reduction, so so we've got the judges came together, they decided on new rates for a, a new menu of of awards for 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 um, different injuries. Um, they voted on it; it was voted in. Every, you know, uh, the industry didn't complain too much. Uh, you know, I think it was down 40%. We're still the highest in Europe, but it's going in the right direction. Um, and then suddenly when that hit the ground, the injuries board, PIAB, which is a, a state agency. Uh, Personal Injury Assessment Board. Personal Injury Assessment Board. So their job is to take the guidelines and apply them to cases that come to them. Uh, and the first thing that happened was immediately the solicitors and, their, uh, and the plaintiffs uh, started rejecting more cases. So now the majority of cases that go into PIAB are rejected by the uh, plaintiffs and the solicitors. The insurers reject virtually none. Um, and so 60% now are rejected. These cases, five of those have gone to the court so far and the courts have reversed the PIAB awards, which are the awards that were uh, voted in by the judges in the first place. Um, and that's just a really bad sign at the moment because... Uh, you know, Do politicians need to go back to the judges and say, guys, we had a deal? Um, you know, I think look, these cases will be appealed uh, to other judges. I think when the vote came in on the new uh, personal injury guidelines, not all of the judges were on side. Um, you know, there would be a view, uh, you know, that certain judges were never in favour of it. So I, I think it, when the appeals come through, we'll see. We'll will it see go to the Supreme Court, you reckon? Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure how far it'll, it will go, I, uh, but I think it'll. It'll certainly they'll be they'll be appealed uh, um, up to the higher courts and higher jurisdictions, yeah. um, and hopefully that settles it. Because if that doesn't settle things, you have a situation where PIAB is is virtually is powerless because everything has been appealed. Every small injury goes to the the courts. We know that court legal fees are you know an average fifteen grand versus you know less than a thousand for for the injuries board so it adds an enormous um uh, cost to the to the claims yeah. and just to, just for people who aren't aware can you explain what you mean when you say the plaintiffs and the solicitors are re- rejecting uh, that what what's going on in PIAP? yeah so they're not happy with the awards so if 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 you break a finger for example and uh PIAB previously would have awarded say 15 grand they award Seven grand or something like that. They say that's not enough. We're going to go to the court. We're going to we're going to litigate the case. It doesn't actually necessarily mean you go to the courts. Actually, it means that you'll issue proceedings and try and settle the case. But, uh, but this is where you guys come in. Do you then settle? Uh, we we never settle if we feel there's a, if there's a um, if we feel there's fraud involved under any circumstances. And right now we're not settling any of those cases. We'll be appealing all of those cases until this settles because. You know, when you start from a situation where uh, 50% of cases are litigated, it's way too high to start with. The government wants to reduce that down. You know, that should be 10%, 5%. But in actual fact, the opposite's happened and there are more cases being litigated now. Uh, And and really, all of the savings of the lower minor injury awards are eroded by the additional cases that go to court and the judges reversing uh, the PIAB awards and, and going back to the old rates. Why do you think judges do that? Now, I say that because I know you're involved in local GAA in County Kildare and you're uh, very passionate about the sport. 
But isn't it the case that, that these small clubs are being jeopardised by uh, huge insurance premiums caused by people supposedly slipping and then putting a claim in and winning money? Yeah, and uh, and actually, there's a there's a club I I know well that that had two slip and falls in in it in the club that both settled for 40,000 each and that's 80,000 that the members of that club have to fund which is impossible in a lot of cases so uh, you know so so clubs are struggling community people in the community you know there's a lot of areas that, that struggle now we have we have moved into a lot of those ourselves Aviva when the uh, personal injury guidelines changed and we anticipated a change and we've done a lot more in, in, in those uh, in those sectors Um but again, it is very difficult for any any high-risk area at the moment. You mentioned that the new guidelines have knocked 10% off your premiums. Is that 10% in an overall sense? Your your, your premiums are, are 10% lower than they were before this? Yeah, and, and, and that's reflected in the, the CSO uh, numbers that the premiums are down 10% and down 40% from the high in 2016. And is inflation going to eat into that reduction? Because I assume the replacement cost, whether you need to get something fixed on your car or whatever, it's now dearer. So what's going to happen to premiums now? Yeah, look, I can't, again, I can't talk about premiums and what's going to happen to premiums, but inflation is a huge issue for our industry. Uh, you know, we're seeing on some paints and things like that, 20%. We're seeing uh, car parts almost impossible to get. Uh, home repairs are have become very difficult uh, and expensive. Um, you know, it, you know, the only hope, you know, you can see some of those prices have, have started to, to level off and drop, um, which which gives you a little bit of hope that inflation is going to come down in, in the medium term. But it's certainly inflation has gone on longer than high inflation has gone on longer than we expected. And it has a big impact on our business. We were speaking earlier about the perception of insurance and, you know, it does get a lot of stick price gouging people uh, throw that, that phrase around. And you know there always there's always a lot of scrutiny of your profits. So if we just look at last year, your your combined operating ratio was ninety one point seven percent. So basically, that means your, your costs were ninety one point seven percent of your premiums. General insurance operating profit was forty three million. What do you expect for this year? Um, again, I can't talk about our our profits for this year, but I can, I can talk about the the insurance. Will side. it be up or down? I I, can't, I really can't say that you know that you know that yourself, um, but but look, I can tell you over the cycle that they, over the last eight years that this market has given has has given back a three percent return. Um, it's not an attractive market. There's no surprise that a huge amount of companies have left this market. Uh, a number of companies have gone bust. Um, we've seen very few entrants to the market. It's it's a really tough market. Are they patient in London with Aviva Ireland? Yes, we've, we're one of the core three markets. Um, I think Aviva's looked at where we have scale, where we have a very strong brand, where we have a brilliant heritage. Ireland is one of those countries and uh, they've supported us. Um, can I move then into to pensions and savings for the future? Are we saving enough for our retirement? Um, again, I, I run the general insurance business, know, so it's, yeah. it's, it's kind but of... But you'll, you'll have an overview. Yeah. Um, look, I think... I think certainly from my own point of view, when I see, you know, my parents were, were civil servants, they had defined benefit pensions, uh, you know, they safe were pensions. safe pensions, well taken care of into their, uh, you know, in their later lives. Um, I think probably, you know, the, the civil service probably still ha- are, are still in that place. But they I think a, a lot of people in the, a lot of people in the economy are are not 
contributing what they should. I know we have a very generous pension scheme at Aviva where we contribute 20, 14% of 22, provided the employee puts in eight. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, it's important, I think, that young people in particular at an early age start looking at their pensions and... and uh, uh, contributing as much as they can. Because and yet, it's difficult to say that to young people, isn't it, when they're trying to save for a house which it, it constantly evades them in terms of just when they think they're on the bottom rung of the ladder and the price get, the ladder gets pulled up again in front of them. It's tough for them, isn't it? Yeah, I, I think it is tough. It is very tough for that generation. I think uh, um, when, when you see, you know, not just the price of houses, the availability of mortgages. Mm. Um, and I think they've probably grown up uh, with expectations that maybe our generation didn't have as well, where um, you know they, you know, probably have a, you know a lot of go for on holidays every year, and mm-hmm. I can even see it with yeah, my own yeah. children. It's not. Is, a, is it the avocado accusation? I mean, I mean, people say people these young people should have fewer holidays. They should have fewer iPhones and iPads, and they should have a bit fewer avocado toasted avocado sandwiches, and you know, kind of knuckle down until they get the deposit. Is that unfair? You know, I think it's up. To, you know. It's up to them themselves, really, I think, to prioritise what's important to them. For some people, they want to go off on holidays and enjoy themselves and, mm-hmm. and they're prepared to suffer a little bit in later life. And for others, they're probably more organised and uh, they have a longer term plan. So I think it uh, depends on the individual. Um, Ireland at the moment is one of the better placed countries in Europe uh, as we have soaring inflation and we have a war on the European continent for the first time in a generation. Um, we've spoken to a number of people who say, yes, their impact will will be noted, but Ireland will continue to grow. Unemployment won't start rising. Are you surprised? Look, I think, I think the... Economic, the economy, like everything else, is cyclical. You'll have ups and downs. Uh, it's not so long ago people were desperate here. Uh, you know, we talked about insurance companies and banks collapsing. Yeah. Um, you know, property prices were on the ground. Uh, no one expected that. Now things have gone well for you know really probably uh, you know fifteen years, whatever it is. And uh, so economic forecasters are you know. Not to be trusted at all. Yeah, it's a cycle. Like astrologists. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's a cycle. And I think the, the insurance cycle will will show that to you more than anything, that, uh, you know, prices go up and down and over the cycle, you know, insurers make a small return. Uh, you know, there's government reform. Uh, you know, there's a concentration on, on different areas, uh, including uh, personal injury reform. And, and, and that cycle just is, is just has been there forever and will be there forever. How do you assess the impact of the stadium sponsorship on your business yeah I guess uh, when you when you step back and look at sponsorship uh, in 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 Ireland there's there's a number of very good assets that that uh, you feel can will get the visibility you need uh, one of those is obviously the Aviva um, uh, we we research it regularly on the the um, the return on that uh, which is positive for us so um it's something we look at we look at regularly but it's a, it's it's uh it's probably was probably more valuable to us uh when we were able to entertain our brokers there in the past yeah. uh, and we're uh with with new central bank rules we're not, we're not allowed to do that anymore well, so. so you're not allowed comp people as it, as the Americans call it yeah i wouldn't say you know i think we used to bring brokers to the stadium for matches and things like that which yeah. which which 
was, you know, in many ways was a brilliant way of building relationships. Insurance you're not is, allowed now. You're not allowed. It's a, it, 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 it kind of a people game. So you're not allowed. So they, they um, uh, yeah, they don't go to the stadium. So that probably devalues it a little bit for us. Mm. I think you have it till the end of 2025. Yes, uh, we have till the end of 2025. And um, it, it generates 98% brand awareness. And we're also the most trusted uh, general insurance brand in Ireland. Yeah. I mean, I think there's no doubt it has been a huge success. At the time, it was kind of controversial and people were saying, I'll still call it Lansdowne Road and this, that, the other. But I think by and large, people do think think of it as the Aviva Stadium. But if you're saying it's less valuable to you now, does that mean maybe you might think about moving on from it when, you're, when your contract is over? Look, we always evaluate everything, but we've been very happy with the performance of Aviva Stadium and... Uh no I, I get the I get the bus from the airport on a regular basis. Goes through the Dublin Port Tunnel and it passes the Aviva, and I can see the tourists' reaction on the bus when they see this incredible undulating building. And they look to the left, and you can hear them ask in French and German and Italian, "What is that?" Oh, I think uh, Aviva Stadium, Aviva, yeah. because it's so physically dominating that it might be good to be associated with it. Yeah. And it, 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 you know, our, our largest businesses in the UK, Aviva's largest businesses in the UK, and we get a crossover value from the Aviva, yeah. the Aviva as well into the UK for, for many of the big matches. In terms of this market, what makes you different from your competitors? What, what is the, the, the mechanism by which you compete? Is it price solely or is it something else? No, I think one area we're extremely strong in is our claims handling if you look at our teams that handle claims, whenever whenever that moment of truth arises, our claims teams are there. We business interruption insurance? Yeah, business interruption. Or, or of course, some or, people said that you know, during lockdown, payouts weren't so great. Yeah, again, uh, when when I guess when the business interruption issue arose here, uh, it, it impacted some companies and not others. Hmm. Uh, some companies were very clear on their policy wordings, some weren't. Uh, and generally speaking, when your policy wordings aren't clear, the courts will find against you, uh, will find against the insurance industry. That's and in what favour happened. of the claimant. And in favour of the claimant. That's what happened. Um, they, didn't, they didn't do that in, a, in Britain, interestingly enough. Yeah. Um, yeah, I saw some of the cases in Britain, but I, I, um, I, think, I think here was always, you know, Different. we were fairly, fairly, fairly sure where that would go. Um, you have been the boss of AIG uh, uh, before you came to Aviva. Now, there must be two very different business cultures, an American-run organisation, a very American company, AIG, and Aviva, which is UK-owned or UK-controlled. What are the cultural differences, as an Irishman, having seen both sides? Yeah, I think I think if you look at American companies, certainly the ones I've seen, and, and AIG being the, the main one, uh, the, uh, the, the culture is, is certainly more uh, focused on... Uh, on Business top line, bottom line, and Profit. first and second. Um, yeah, uh, I think. And the, services gets neglected a bit. Uh, I wouldn't say that as well. There's still a, a big focus on service in those companies as well. Um, they don't. They wouldn't have as much, say, risk and control as, say, some of the the European companies or the British companies. Um, but the British companies then would have a much, uh, probably, say, in terms of claims, they'd have fewer claims per handler. They'd have um, much more service around that, um, and uh, you know, so the the British companies are probably a little bit uh, less focused on top and not bottom line, but but a bigger package which includes top and bottom line as well. Mm-hmm. Do you go to the states much? 
No, I'm planning to go for to New York uh, for my anniversary in September. So my my wife and I are have you braced yourself for years. the cost of New York? I was there in May, and uh, OMG, it is expensive at the moment with the, with parity between the euro and the dollar. Yeah. I'm, so I hope your wife doesn't want an expensive dress on <laughs> Saks of Fifth Avenue or something like that. No, I hope not. Uh, uh, actually, I met her in New York. So uh, and right. uh, our first is she date, American? No, she's Irish. So and our first date was across the Brooklyn Bridge. So we'll probably retrace our steps across that. That should be cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Little pizza place at the end. <laughs> speaking, speaking of spending money, in terms of your growth here, do you see it coming organically or do you, or do you think there are acquisition opportunities for you in Ireland? Yeah, I think if you, if, if you, if you look at the market here and, and the commentators would say we don't have enough insurers and, you know, I think that's probably correct for, for liability insurance. Um, but I think for car insurance, we've uh, I think there's 14 insurers on on the NCID report. So for a small market like this, it's probably too many car insurers. So I would say that there's probably a, an opportunity over time for some consolidation there uh, to reduce the, the cost of administering all that business. Um, yeah. it's a volume. And you're interested business. in being the consolidator. Uh, absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, and then in liability insurance, I think there's probably um, you know some of the high risk areas. Uh, the, the market does need some new players, I think. When you were growing up in Tipperary, did you think, one day I'm going to be the chief executive of an insurance company? What was your dream? You <laughs> full, fo- full forward for <laughs> Tipperary. <laughs> Never had enough talent, unfortunately. But Yeah, no, look, I, I, I grew up in Tipperary. I wanted to travel the world. That was my objective. And I wanted to find some, you know, qualification or job that would allow me to do that. And... Uh, I was lucky enough, I became a chartered accountant with uh, PwC, mm. um, joined AIG at the time in, in in a global role, which was 100% travel for a few years, uh, you know, went to multiple countries. And then uh, first time I went to New York, I just loved it and uh, went out to Queens and, you know, uh, you know, it was like coppers on steroids out there. It was great, great fun and it was a great we city. We won't delve too much into that, I think, <laughs> of, uh, well, no, I mean, uh, Coppers is a very special place. Um, I'm interested to hear we have another chief executive of a big Irish company who's an accountant. They all, everyone seems to be an accountant. So is Michael uh, O'Leary. He's Michael O'Leary. Yeah, like it, it, it seems to be a great qualification if you want to get ahead uh, in, the, in the business world. But, but one thing that, that strikes me when people are choosing what, what they want to start out doing, they don't necessarily think they're going to end up as a manager. And often you kind of, you're tipping along in your accountancy career and you might be a really good accountant but then the point comes when if you want to keep going up the ladder you have to start managing people which is a very different skill to, to uh, the, the technical side of things so how did you find uh, that that transition was that something you always wanted to do or, or is it something you kind of just fell into as you kind of progressed Yeah, I, I think I fell into it as I progressed I think one, one of the important things I think when you're an accountant is that you you develop some great skills and understanding of companies, but it, it's always good to jump out into the business itself if you get a chance. And I'd always advise accountants to to use the skills they have, but also to learn the business. So moving out to underwriting in in insurance was was a great step for me and a really interesting step where you learn the day to day trading and and uh, you know negotiating with brokers and price and wordings and uh, and that that was a great experience for me and that really rounded off my experience because I'd done 
finance, I'd done audit, I'd done operations, I'd done, you know, some systems implementation, stuff like that. So to actually, do, but but I was in an insurance company and I hadn't done underwriting. So so doing that right. was great. And then distribution and then um, moving from there up up into to general manager. Final thoughts. Uh, we're winding up now, uh, Declan. Uh, what's your message for the young men and women in university at the moment coming out um, they've almost guaranteed to get a job, unlike when you and I were completing our university degrees. Uh, but what's your message to them so that they can get on in life? Yeah, I think I think you need to you you need to join. A, I would say join a good company. Uh, have a look at programs like apprentices, uh, like graduate programs. Um, to come in, learn, you need to learn and you need to constantly be learning, I think. You know, we sometimes see people jump from company to company, from industry to industry. I don't think you're really doing anything for yourself doing that. Oh, so you should have fewer jobs? I, I think you should have multiple jobs maybe in the same company for right. a period and to develop your, yourself, get, build your reputation. Um, and that can be done now in lots of different ways. You don't need to, you know, you can even go in from school with some of the apprentice programs for insurance um, and and those at the end of that, after four years, you've worked, you've been independent, you've got a degree, you've got a very good qualification. You know people in the industry; people know what you can do. Uh, so there are lots of opportunities now. I think for people, uh, much more so, as I said, than our day. But don't don't rule out insurance either. I would say you know it's it may have a very bad reputation on the market, but it's it, you know if you step back, you know every day you're you're taking risk, you're assessing exposures. Uh, it's almost like you're a kind of, in many ways, a professional gambler, but you're 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 looking at you know uh, how to price risk. Wonderful, Declan O'Rourke from Aviva Ireland. Thank you very much for joining us on our summer series here on News Talk. Breakfast business with Enterprise Ireland on News Talk.